The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning, it's Wednesday the 27th of December in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, risks of a wider conflict in the Middle East rise as the US strikes targets in Iraq and Houthi militants attack another ship in the Red Sea. The S&P 500 nears record highs as the Santa Claus rally picks up steam. Plus, Tesla's about to be surpassed by China's BYD as the world leader in electric car sales. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. And there are more warning signs that the war in Gaza could escalate into a wider conflict across the Middle East. Houthi rebels in Yemen renewed their drone strikes on merchant vessels in the Red Sea, with shipping from MSC confirming a container ship was hit while en route to Pakistan. It's the latest in a string of attacks in the region in recent days. On Monday, the United States said its forces launched three airstrikes on Iran-backed groups in Iraq. Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin called the strikes a necessary and proportionate response to an early attack that injured three US personnel. The S&P 500 is trading close to a record highs. The so-called Santa Claus rally left the Wall Street benchmark just half a percent off its previous peak. The traditional end-of-year gains have averaged of 1.3% in the last five trading sessions of the year and the first two trading sessions of the new year. Bloomberg's executive editor for Asia Markets, Paul Dobson, says some traders have their eyes on a prize. There may be an anticipation of big New Year flows into equity funds and people trying to get a little bit ahead of that as part of the, the explanation. I think, you know, we're getting very close to that record high in the S&P and the market loves the target to chase, right? So trying to achieve that before the end of the year is probably something that some people uh, are anticipating. That's Bloomberg's Paul Dobson there. US stocks have risen by 4.5% this month so far, with the gains since the start of the year now surpassing 24%. Tesla could soon lose its title as the world's leader in electric vehicles. The Chinese automaker BYD's sales are forecast to overtake Tesla this quarter. It's a meteoric rise for the brand, which Elon Musk once scoffed at. Here is the Tesla CEO speaking to Bloomberg 12 years ago. There's competitors now ramping up, and yeah. as you're familiar with, BYD, which is also on the West Coast, I think they're ramping up production of their electric vehicles. Uh, Warren Buffett owns 10% stake in that. Uh, why do you laugh? BYD is trying to compete. Why do you laugh? Have you seen their car? I have seen their car, yes. In fact, at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting, I saw their cars. Yeah. Well, they are on a different... They are on a different tell me why you're laughing. Um, you don't see them at all as a competitor? No. Why is that? I mean, they offer a lower price point. I don't don't think they have a great product. So that was Elon Musk speaking to Bloomberg in 2011. After that clip was reshared online, he responded saying BYD's vehicles are highly competitive these days. 
The Chinese firm's lower prices have been undercutting Tesla's more expensive vehicles, but BYD is struggling to replicate its domestic success internationally as the EU is considering joining the US and slapping higher tariffs on imports of Chinese electric cars. Apple will challenge a ban on sales of its watches after the White House refused to overturn the measure. The tech company is in a patent dispute with medical technology maker Massimo Corp over the blood oxygen level sensor in its products. Massimo's CEO Joe Chiani says Apple should take responsibility for its actions. There needs to be an honest dialogue. There needs to be an apology. These guys have been caught with their hands in the cookie jar and instead of being embarrassed and doing the right thing, they're blaming everybody and they're fighting everybody. Massimo CEO Joe Chiani speaking before the ban on Apple Watches, which was imposed by the US International Trade Commission. Apple has already stopped selling its Series Series 9 and Ultra 2 watches, but says it strongly disagrees with the legal decision and will take all actions to return its devices to stores. And the European Union is preparing a backup plan worth up to €20 billion to help fund Ukraine. That's according to the Financial Times. Now, uh, unidentified officials speaking to the newspaper say the plan would sidestep Hungary's objections uh, to the plan, which would see member states issue guarantees to the EU budget, allowing the European Commission to borrow up to €20 billion on capital markets for Ukraine. A spokesperson for the Commission declined to comment to the Financial Times. Uh, This, as elsewhere in Europe, Turkey's Foreign Affairs Committee endorsed Sweden's entry to NATO, paving the way for a vote by its full parliament as early as this week. Now, in a moment, we'll bring you more on that story that China's BYD looks set to overtake Tesla in the electric car making space. But another Bloomberg story that caught my eye this morning in the spirit of the end of year sales some of you may be indulging in. Uh, perhaps also a reflection though, of higher interest rates playing out across the commercial property sector. An office building in Los Angeles has sold for 52% less than it did five years ago. The building near Century City in Beverly Hills went for just under $45 million on Tuesday versus almost 93 million in 2018, the last time it was sold. It's the latest big property deal in the LA area, uh, illustrating the pressure in the market. This as more companies look to remote work and, of course, are dealing with the impact of higher borrowing costs. The property firm Harbour Associates, which bought the building with FNF Capital, say they're starting to see distress in parts of the market, just in case you're looking for a bargain this time of year. It might be worth looking at commercial property for that. Well, let's turn back to the stories that are moving markets today. Shares rallying in Asia, as we've been telling you, as the S&P 500 on Wall Street is close to another record high. So is this just the Santa rally at work, something we're used to seeing at this time of year, or are there more underlying factors at play? Our executive editor for Asia Markets, Paul Dobson, joins us now for more. Paul, great to have you with us. One of the stories moving markets in Asia today, this economic data from China on industrial profits, a 30% jump year on year in November. What does that tell us, first of all, about the state of the Chinese economy? Yeah, hi, good morning, Stephen. Um, I think there's a few different uh, ways to read and interpret that data. Um, first of all, you know, on the headline, on the surface, on the headline, it looks like a, a pretty strong figure, quite a lot more than people expected. Now, if you dig into it a little bit, one of the explanations is um, that there was a large number incorporated in there as a sort of one-off uh, kind of windfall uh, for some companies. It's not exactly clear what 
that relates to the detail is rather sketchy. It's only one sentence in a several page long um, announcement. But it looks like some companies benefited from the overall rally in equity markets and also the stronger currency to realise some uh, gains that they've been sort of waiting to, to cash in chips on. So that uh, gave the gave the sort of industrial profits uh, figure an extra kind of rosy sheen. But if you look at the year on year or the year to date figure more 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 um, precisely for the eleven months we're still down uh, compared with the the same period a year ago. So that tells you more about the kind of struggle that Chinese industrial uh, companies have been under this year, despite one or two bright spots. Um, you mentioned you know kind of electric vehicles as being one of them, but uh, overall the corporate outlook is still very gloomy. The confidence is still uh, low, and the equity prices are reflecting that. This is coming, Paul, after we had that massive rout on Chinese shares last Friday. $80 billion wiped off some of the country's biggest tech names. This over fears of a crackdown on online gaming. Today, things are looking a bit more positive for that sector. What's happened? Yeah, and again, it's a bit of a uh, glass half full, glass half empty kind of a story. Yes, they're looking a bit more positive, but no, they haven't retraced all of the losses that we saw on Friday. What we got over the weekend was some uh, retrenchment, some uh, uh, signals that uh, maybe... the, the, the authorities realised they might have gone a little bit too far. So there was some talk in the local media about the possibility uh, that these uh, guidelines or regulations aren't final and that there could be some recalibration of that still going forwards. Uh, there was some explanation about what the benefits of those could be as well. And there were a lot of um, new approvals given for games over the past few days as well. And on top of that, a bunch of gaming companies announced buybacks. So uh, several different kind of strands to to try to pull the market back from that really negative sentiment hit that it took on Friday. But, you know, again, it's those clouds hanging over the market. It's the, it's the, it's the restrictions, the readiness of the authorities to take these kinds of actions in that kind of uh, big common prosperity umbrella. That's one of the reasons the confidence is so shot in the market at the moment among international investors in particular. Okay, so that's the situation that some of the stories playing out in Asian markets today. If we look at the US, though, we had the S&P 500 on the cusp of a record high yesterday. Is this just the traditional Santa rally or is there something more significant here? It's it's a good question. I mean, the Santa rally is kind of a legitimate phenomenon. It's over these sort of last five days of trading uh, in December and then the first two of the next year, typically the market does rally. Uh, the the average is, is gain of more than 1% in that period. So there is something to be held within that. And there may be an anticipation of big New Year flows into equity funds and people trying to get a little bit ahead of that as part of the, the explanation. I think, you know, we're getting very close to that record high in the S&P and the market it loves the target to chase, right? So trying to achieve that before the end of the year is probably something that some people uh, are anticipating and quite excited about as well. Um, the real question is, do we touch that and then immediately nosedive or is this just a barrier we push through and carry on going into the new year? There's certainly plenty of reasons that the market is excited about the outlook for the economy, particularly if the Fed uh, can engineer this soft landing and start to reduce interest rates without uh, having to panic and do it in a way to sort of save a, a worsening outlook for the economy, so that's what people will be uh, people will be weighing as they as they think about uh, those record highs and that Santa rally uh, into the new year. 
Thank you for legitimising my use of the term Santa Rally. Um, it always sounds much more credible if you tell us about it than if I do. <laughs> um, look, you, you, of course, you mentioned the, the bets in the Federal Reserve there. That's one of the big factors that we're mentioning or we're, we're monitoring in markets. We did have a Treasury auction in the US yesterday. Big demand there. What does that tell us about that expectations around rate cuts in the US? Yeah, well, they're there and they're, they're pretty firmly entrenched now. And that's one of the questions, I think, is that supply-demand factor for Treasuries. Earlier in the year, uh, there was quite a lot of concern about just how much you, you debt the US was going to need to sell in order to, to fund the deficit. Uh, and that seemed to add to that kind of really uh, bearish move that we saw in Treasuries in, say, the, the second and third quarters. But that seems to have swung around and appetite seems to be there at the moment, particularly for those just shorter maturities, which which is where the auctions focused um, uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, the Fed bets are already quite keenly priced. The market is looking for five or six over the course of the year. The Fed says we'll do three. So the market is, you know, kind of already looking for something much more aggressive. Um, and so whether uh you know, that eventuality can play out and whether there's still value for treasuries when yields are this low is another thing that investors will need to weigh uh, and be watching the data very carefully for going into going into 2024. Okay, Paul Dobson, our Executive Editor for Asia Markets, thanks so much for joining us. The details of some of those market-moving stories as we move towards the final trading days of the year. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Now, China's BYD is poised to surpass Tesla as the new worldwide leader in fully electric vehicle sales. It would be both a symbolic turning point when it happens for the EV market and further confirmation of China's growing clout in the global automotive industry. It's the subject of today's Bloomberg Big Take. Katrina Nicholas joins us now for more on the story. Katrina, great to have you with us. So, BYD looks to be ending 2023 on a high. When will he actually know whether the Chinese automaker surpassed Tesla. Yeah, hi there. So we'll actually get those details in early January, probably the 2nd of January, when both BYD and Tesla will release their December sales figures, which will also also be the uh, fourth quarter sales figures. Analysts that track Elon Musk's company expect it to shift about... 482,000 cars in the fourth quarter um, and that is not going to be enough to surpass BYD at this stage even though we 
do expect Tesla to get a bit of a late boost from a revamped Model 3. And you'll also probably remember it launched um, this stainless steel clad Cybertrunk, which began deliveries in late late November rather, but um, still probably enough, not enough to um, retain the title of the world's number one selling uh, electric car maker. And, you know, it's, it's really quite an extraordinary rise for BYD. Its annual sales are expected to come in at around 3.1 million units. That actually is enough to catapult this Chinese car maker into the top 10 car sellers globally, not not just for electric cars, but for, for any sort of cars. You know, it, it's still a long way off, um, you know, world leaders like Toyota, which, you know, just as an example, is expected to sell about 10.7 million cars in 2023. Um, but considering now this Chinese car maker is taking on the Japanese and European legacy giants, um, and it's the only Chinese car maker to be doing this, that's it's really something. Yeah, it certainly is. Now, Tesla and BYD have taken quite different approaches. How have BYD managed to get to this point? How have they managed to to push up their sales to this extent? One of the quite unique things about BYD is that it makes its own batteries. Um, many people don't know, but um, Wang Chong Fu, he started BYD back in 1995, and back then it was actually a battery maker. It was the first Chinese lithium-ion supplier to Motorola and Nokia back in the early 2000s. And, um, you know, he used to actually joke back in the time that BYD stood for bring your dollars because back then the company was selling batteries uh, mainly to overseas clients and they were paying in, U- in US dollars. It actually stands for for build your dreams. Um, so this the fact that BYD makes its own batteries and now it also makes its own chips, that has shielded the company from a lot of um, supply chain crunches over the years. Remember back in 2020 during COVID, we had a worldwide shortage of semiconductors um, and that snarled a lot of automakers. They couldn't get the chips that they needed to make their cars. BYD was largely, um, you know, shielded from that because it actually makes its Mm. own chips and its own batteries. Another thing that's really put BYD um, in the, you know, prime position with regard to where it is now is its range. You know, Tesla has always played up the very top premium end of electric cars, whereas BYD has... uh, electric cars all along the price price point. So right down at the one end, you've got the budget Seagull, cheap electric compact. It retails for about 10K, I think. And that goes mm. right through up into what they've called the Yangwang Sports Utility Vehicle, which costs around $152,000. Um, so, you know, wherever you are, you know, in the if you're walking to a showroom, you've got a full choice of cars when it comes to BYD electric ones and also it's it's good looks i yeah. mean you know back a few years ago BYD was really selling quite boxy unattractive looking cars but in 2016 it hired this um, guy called Wolfgang Egger as yeah. their t- chief design chief and he was uh, previously with Audi and Alfa Romeo over the years it's also lured away some other international executives including Ferrari's head of exterior okay. design so now their cars look really good as well. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. 
Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.